This is the second message in this series of Savior is Born. Previously, in the message Surprised by Hope, we saw that in the midst of a time that was discouraging, desperate, and downright depressing, God bombarded the world with the birth of his son and surprised the world by hope. You and I, too, can discover that we can be surprised by hope when we keep our sight on Jesus Christ, when we recognize God is our source, when we are supplied by the Holy Spirit with hope to the extent that our response is joyful in abundance. On next week, we'll look at a message, Don't Miss Christmas, and that message will focus on several Bible characters who had Christmas right in front of them, but somehow they managed to miss it. The innkeeper, King Herod, and the religious leaders of the day. Then on Christmas Day, we'll focus on the gift of peace. I want to invite your attention now to Matthew chapter 2, the first 12 verses. The word of God is as follows. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his sorrow when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Jerusalem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. I've always been fascinated by the wise men. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about them. We don't really know who they are. Uh, the Greek term that describes them is the term magi, which was used to describe several occupations. It was used in reference to astronomers, magicians, scientists, and philosophers. So we really don't know who they were. We don't really know where they originated. The Bible says they came from the east to Jerusalem, but how far east? They could have been from Persia. They could have come from India. They could have even come from China. We don't know a lot about these wise men, but what we do know is what they did. These wise men did three things. 
that show us how to worship the Savior. They sought the truth, they experienced the joy, and they recognized the gift. If you and I are going to adequately worship the Savior, then we need to seek the truth, experience the joy, and recognize the gift. First of all, they sought the truth. And you and I, we must seek the truth. If you want to find God, you have to seek the truth. There's a difference between seekers and spectators. Spectators imagine what God is like. Seekers diligently search for the truth. They search for answers. They take the time and the effort to find the truth. In Matthew 2, 2, we read, uh, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. In this verse, we see three things that genuine seekers do. First of all, they watch what's going on in the world around them. We saw his star. This was not a usual star. This star was moving in the direction opposite of the rest of the stars. As opposed to going from east to west, this star they saw in the east, and it was moving in the direction of towards Jerusalem and then turning south to go to where the Savior was. The second thing they do is not only do they watch what's going on, they ask questions. What do you think this means? And then the third thing we see that they do is they do whatever it takes to find an answer. It's a little ironic. When Jesus was born, the religious center of the world was only six miles away in Jerusalem. Yet, no religious leader went six miles to search for Jesus. These wise men, these seekers, probably took several months to get there. This reveals just how committed they were to seek the truth. And if you and I are really going to worship the Savior, we must seek the truth. The assurance we have when we do seek it is that God promises us that we'll find him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You seek me and you find me when you seek me with all your heart. The next thing that they did was they experienced the joy. And you and I, if we're going to adequately worship the Savior, we must experience the joy. The Bible says in Matthew 2.10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I want you to notice God used a star to bring these wise men to his son. In other words, God moved heaven and earth to guide seekers to himself. There are three possible reactions when God starts to move in your life, when he begins to guide your life, and when you wake up and realize one day that maybe God is trying to tell you something. You can react, first of all, like Herod did with fear. The Bible says in verse 2 that 
when Herod heard the news, he was greatly troubled. You can act with indifference, with apathy, and be skeptical, like the religious leaders were, who were six miles away from the very Son of God, but did not take the time to go. They were indifferent. They were apathetic. Perhaps they were even skeptical. Or you can act with celebration like these wise men did. They rejoiced, joyful beyond belief, couldn't contain themselves. They were overwhelmed with joy. You can experience this joy this Christmas. If you're a believer, you can begin by thanking God for whatever means or whomever he used to lead you to Jesus Christ. Might have been a parent, might have been some other relative, might have been a co-worker, might have been somebody who just had you on a list and they were praying for you and took the time to lead you to Jesus Christ. If you're a seeker, you can experience this joy as well. Just hear anew and afresh the words of the angels as recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What's the good news? The good news is God wants to give you forgiveness for everything you've ever done. God wants to give you a purpose and power to live today. And thirdly, God wants to give you security of knowing you have a home in heaven with him when you die. When you receive these from God, you will begin to truly live. That's why Jesus says in John 10, 10, uh, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. These wise men sought the truth. We must seek the truth. They experienced the joy. We should experience the joy. And finally, they recognize the gift. And you and I must recognize the gift. They recognized the gift. And not only did they recognize it, they received it. I want you to notice in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, In going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I want you to notice what these wise men did. Going into the house where Jesus was, no longer in a manger, but in a house. This is no longer his infancy, but he's a child. They see this child. Their focus is not on his mother. It's not on his father but it's on the child, the Christ child, the son of God himself. And these grown men fell down and worshiped him. No worship is given toward his parents. Worship is given to the child. They recognized the gift from God from heaven. They recognized it by opening and presenting their treasures, they bowed down in worship before they offered their gift. Maybe sometimes we get things out of order and out of sequence. We want to give our gift 
before we have appropriately worshiped God. Their gifts reflect the very character and nature of the gift that they recognize. They gave him gold because he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's worthy of the best that we have. They gave him frankincense because he would be our high priest, the one who would mediate between humanity and God himself. And they gave him myrrh because he would die an awful death where he would take on your punishment and my punishment as payment for our sins. They recognized the gift of Jesus Christ. They bowed down and worshiped him. You and I need to recognize him as the gift that he might become Lord of our lives and take proper reign and rule in us. Are you committed to seeking the truth? Jesus came just for you. Are you experiencing the joy? That journey can begin today by inviting Christ into your life. Have you recognized the gift? Jesus is standing with open arms to receive and welcome you into his kingdom. Beloved, let's take a lesson from these wise men. Seek the Savior and worship the Savior. May God richly bless you. Until next time.